It's time for another episode of Mainly Modifieds, where ground pounders and northeast speed freaks come to get their radio fix on. Let's join the Race Chaser Media crew in the studio. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's Mainly Modifieds podcast. I'm Tom Baker from Race Chaser Media. Kyle Souza will be joining me momentarily, and uh, we've got several things to talk about. Kyle won a race, uh, and... <laughs> He is just over the moon about this. So Kyle's going to talk about his big win uh, sim-wise at uh, Stafford last week. We're going to have some fun with that. And, of course, uh, give you the latest updates that we have to scheduling and such. And uh, this show gets recorded on Monday, but it airs or premieres, if you will, on Tuesday evenings. So by the time we get to Tuesday evening, at the rate things are changing from a government standpoint and such um probably half of what we tell you today will be invalid but uh, we're gonna do our best uh one way or another and we have a fantastic feature interview this week one of my favorite drivers andy jankowiak uh joined kyle over the weekend and they talked about a whole bunch of stuff this was a really really nice interview uh andy of course uh having an opportunity he has um put together a situation where he has acquired a car from ken schrader racing he's going to be doing some arca racing in 2021 uh and of course he races about everything else you can think of i think and he does it all very well and he's a very versatile driver he adapts quickly and he's just a great personality and so um, we're looking forward to presenting that interview as well so we've got a lot coming up we hope that all of you are safe and sound with your families and uh continuing to do your best to uh, follow the guidelines that have been presented in your areas and we are looking forward to this show so without further ado we're going to step aside for a moment and when we come back we will go directly to the interview with kyle and andy jenkowiak that will be coming up in just a moment as mainly modifieds continues right after this Everyone knows Strutmasters is the suspension experts for luxury vehicles, and now we offer motorcycle products. Introducing Easy Rider, complete motorcycle air suspension brought to you by Strutmasters.com. You can raise and lower your bike with the flip of a switch. Take those long rides with the ultimate comfort of Easy Rider air shocks. They're backed by Strutmasters, and you won't believe the low price. Check out Easy Rider, motorcycle air suspension at Strutmasters.com. Is your job sucking the life out of you? Wake up. You can do something else. Information technology. I know what you're thinking, but I'm not a math or science person. No excuses. No problem. It's not rocket science. It's my computer career. Helping people start an IT career is their thing. If you don't absolutely love what you do, go to mycomputercareer.edu and take the free career evaluation today. You can start your new life as an information technology professional in as little as four months. Attend classes on campus or live online just two or three times a week to get what you'll need to start your new career. More than just a school, My Computer Career helps you get into the industry by working with hundreds of employers that hire their students. My Computer Career is nationally accredited and financial aid is available for those who qualify, including the GI Bill. Classes start soon, so go take the career evaluation now at mycomputercareer.edu. Mycomputercareer.edu. That's mycomputercareer.edu. Welcome back to another edition of Mainly Modifieds here. You've heard the intro, uh, and we're going to welcome in Andy Jankowiak, who's got quite the opportunity uh, coming up for him as he looks to move to the Arkham Menard Series in 2021. Andy, want to thank you for taking some time uh, to talk with us today. I want to start by just talking to you about all the different uh, kind of race cars that you've driven in your career. You've been behind the wheel of a Modified on the asphalt, a Midget on the asphalt, a Midget indoors, a Modified on dirt, and we've done so many different things uh, in your career and you've been successful uh, at least with the majority of them if not all of them can you kind of just walk us through what is uh, what is it in your mind that's so easy for you to be able to do all this at this level uh, and have this much success in multiple different style of cars um, I think it's an ability just to focus uh, I've always been goal oriented and um, I've known that I wanted to be a race car driver and um, you know anything that I'm really putting my mind to as far as 
you know, what my, my, my task is on a given year, whether it's modifieds or, you know, indoor three-quarter midgets or what, whatever it is, I, I want to go out there and win. So I, I always give it my all. I've, I've always been very hands-on, and uh, I try to get the most out of the car back at the shop, and uh, I try to do everything I can as far as preparation. I try to stay in really good shape, try to eat good, try to do all the little things, and just hope it adds up to one big thing. And, um, you know, and I've also always been lucky to be surrounded by uh, really good people in the sport that have always uh, kind of helped me get to the next step when I needed uh, you know, a little help here and there. So, um it's definitely a combination of things. It's no one just thing. So that success piecing you uh, to the beginning of the 2020 season, kind of putting the pieces of the puzzle together at the end of 2019 uh, in the Indoor Auto Racing Championship Series that Len Sammons and the gang put together, something you've run and been successful at uh, for a long time. 2020, kind of that year where you're finally able to celebrate uh, a championship as part of the Indoor Racing Series uh, in 2020. Kind of walk us through uh, the disappointment, I guess, in a sense, is, is the way you're kind of describing it to me but the the agony of not being able to run uh the final race at syracuse and for those listening that don't know syracuse the last indoor race canceled uh because of the covid19 pandemic uh basically a day before if not the day um basically where the drivers were about to load in and get ready to race so in a sense it's great that you won that championship but also in a sense i'm hearing some type of uh frustration from you before we hit the record button uh, about the way you kind of were able to win that championship and not being able to fight it out i think what really you always remember about winning a championship and the, the few that I've been fortunate enough to win is kind of going into that last night and, you know, racing against somebody and you both know what's on the line and you both know how bad you want it and there's just no mistake in it, you know? Yeah. So um, there's a lot of pressure that goes into a situation like that. And um, I enjoy those kind of tests. I think you, uh, to be one of the better race car drivers, you have to be able to stay cool under pressure, under pressure situations like that. And uh, without being able to, to race, Eric Rudolph and um, Matt Janish there at the end. Um, obviously, they're two great drivers, and not being able to, um, you know, test myself in that sort of championship atmosphere is very disappointing for me, um, honestly. But um, it, it kind of was what it was. Um, you know, they've they've had two race seasons before, and um, with the indoor thing, they're always different like schedules. But um, I guess just kind of going into that last point night. You know, you always kind of know the score and you know what you got to do to win the championship. And, uh, you know, without having that last race, that was certainly taken away from all of us. So uh, for me, it was, it was very disappointing. I, I think I more look forward to the, the the opportunity to test myself against great drivers than I, I really do, you know, having the trophy. But um, they aren't getting the trophy back either. So uh, yeah. we're, we're going to keep that one. So, um, you know, it is what it is. I, you know, I think everyone's disappointed, obviously. You know, that was a big race weekend for us. And uh, Syracuse being a home week, a home race on the indoor thing, you know, obviously a lot of family going. So um, very, very disappointed um, for sure. But, um, you know, we'll, we'll take credit for the uh, the championship and uh, the trophy's beautiful. Yeah. And I have it on display in my living room. And, um, you know, we'll just uh, have more incentive to go try to uh, win another one next year. As a guy that's had a lot of success uh, in your career, winning on different platforms, in different style of cars, as we just talked about, how big of an accomplishment is that uh, to, to tame that indoor series and win that championship? I mean, we've been going indoor races for a long time. You've raced guys like Ted Christopher uh, and lately guys in the NASCAR Wheel of Modified Tour coming in, Justin Bonsignor, Timmy Salamito. I mean, what, where is that on your list of accomplishments for you, top to bottom, on what you've done so far in your career? Oh, yeah, it's a huge accomplishment. It's something that I've chased. You know, I missed it by a point one year. Um, I tell you, indoors is it's just such a unique championship atmosphere because you really can't have a bad race. You know, when we run our other, our outdoor stuff, you know, typically our seasons are, you know, usually around 12 race seasons, you know, maybe a little bit more, uh, but at least 10. And the indoor stuff, you know, you got five races. Right. You know, three weekends, five races. And if you have one bad race... Um, you're out of it and um for whatever reason i i I never know why we just we always have had bad luck in allentown we always run well everywhere else but we just we get so far behind the eight ball in allentown and um this year i went to allentown just kind of focused on not putting myself out of the championship yet and um, i wasn't real happy with how allentown went but you know we were able to uh stay at a top five and a top ten 
and uh, we didn't put ourselves out of it. And then obviously, you know, we had the great weekend at Atlantic City, and things just kind of worked out. So um, it's a very unique challenge. It's something that I enjoy. You know, there's just there's no there's no laying back. There's no time off with the indoor stuff. It's just uh, one quick grind, and um, you know. I've always wanted to get that championship, and uh, you know, Eric's kind of got us a few times there, and Ryan got us the one year, and uh, we, like I said, we've been close, we've been in it, we've always been fast. So to finally secure that championship is a definitely a notch that I wanted on on my uh, career accomplishment. So outside of that indoor series, uh, last year you ran tri track, you ran ROC, you were successful. Uh, with those as well but one of the bigger stepping points for you last year maybe the one of the highest steps of your career so far making your NASCAR wheel and modified tour debut uh, at the Sunoco World Series at Thompson Speedway at the end of the year for Steve Mendoza I know it didn't end exactly how you would have wanted with a wreck fairly early on in the race that took you out of it but where is that on your list of accomplishments uh, for you to be able to get to that tour level get out there with guys that are known for being top modified drivers you're also doing that on tri-track and roc but it seems to me like nascar is kind of that one more step up the ladder for you it was a huge accomplishment um just enormous accomplishment for me you know that was always the bl and all for modifieds and um but then being on the spec engine the last few years and us kind of you know 10 years ago they were all kind of the same engine package so you know with some entry fees you know you kind of take a car and go over there but the you know the rules between you know an open tour type modified and the wheel and modified tour modifieds have just kind of skewed apart so it, it made it really hard for me to get there and um, i needed the opportunity that i had with uh, steve mendoza to really to make it all work without spreading myself out too thin with the other endeavors that i uh found myself in so um that, you know that's that's the be all end all and um i'm looking forward to going back obviously uh you know that, that first race i don't think it could have gone much worse just uh had problems all day and then ended up getting uh tore up in that wreck really or problems all weekend and ended up getting caught up in that wreck real early so um it was uh about as disappointed as i've been in a long time after that race so uh we're definitely hungry ready to get back at that so um i guess a little bit of growing pain so um but like i say we definitely uh i feel like i got something to prove and uh, a reason to uh, go there and uh, try to uh definitely be better in every aspect, you know, on the track, off the track, and uh, be a you know, better representation for the Wheel Modified Tour for sure. So before we finally get to that ARCA talk uh, and prepare you to get to the 2021 season, let's talk about what you had planned uh, for 2020. I know the COVID-19 pandemic has affected all of us involved in the racing community. Uh, we've talked about it tirelessly uh, here on Mainly Modifieds about the way it might be affecting uh, some of you out there in the racing industry, including guys like us that are in the media. But for you, what was kind of on the horizon going into this season before the pandemic uh, kind of came about? Oh, we were going to be busy. It was going to be, you know, we were going to run tri-track, uh, wheel modified tour, um, as much ROC tour as we could, uh, chasing midget stuff all over the place where we can, you know, up in Canada, Ohio. Um, you know, we had our sportsman two barrel modified back together. Um, we won a couple races, big races at the end of last year with that. So that program was something that we kind of put back together. We got away from those types of cars in about 2015. We're just really getting back into them pretty hard. And, um, you know, we still got our dirt modified team that I drive for, and we're trying to figure out where some of those races are going to fit in. So uh, I was tired just thinking about what we were going to do this year, but uh, obviously uh, the brakes got uh, applied on that whole thing. So now we're just kind of waiting to see what's going to happen. And um, it's going to be a little crazy if this does get going again, uh, participating in three different modified tours and, you know, obviously the crunch with scheduling. Um, it's you know we had it kind of figured out where we were going to be able to do uh the wheel modified tour tri track and um a majority of the roc and now um if this does get going again um you know obviously everyone's going to be much more clustered than it already was so it's uh we're just gonna kind of have to wait to see how things shake out and um you know obviously wait till uh everything's safe and racing can become a priority again and then we'll have to make those decisions all right, let's hit the major topic uh, here. We've made the people wait long enough. Uh, your 2021 season already starting to be planned out. I'm sure you're going to be in modifieds. You're going to be in midgets. You're going to be in the indoor circuit again. 
But the biggest part so far about your 2021 schedule, moving to the Arkham Menard series uh, for the season, this is kind of a shocker to some people in the modified community. When you first told me, it was kind of a shocker to me. Uh, and we know you have the talent to get to that level. Obviously, you've proven that on the short track grassroots level. Why is this the right time uh, to make that step? And how surreal is it? Uh, that it's actually here and the opportunity to purchase a car from Ken Schrader uh, and acquire that ride from him to get yourself in a position where you've got a good piece of equipment to go forward with. Uh, how, how cool is this? Well, you know, it's, it's all kind of crazy the way it all shook out. And um, part of the, part of the way we got on this path was because of this pause in uh, the racing season that we have going on right now where uh, our our attention could be diverted into something different but um it's something that i've always wanted to do um I really want to make this step and uh, i want to give myself a chance to do it and uh, sometimes it just seems so unobtainable when when you when you look at how the sport works these days but um I have a very good friend in uh, Andy Sice, and um, I kind of told him that I had some interest in doing this, and this may be the right time for me, and he kind of walked me through what I was going to be getting into and gave me some really good ideas and helpful insight and advice, and um, he was actually the first person to uh, suggest that I contact Mr. Schrader, and um, I do have some connection with Mr. Schrader from the uh, Real Racer Award and uh, the Speedway Illustrated and Carl Fredrickson. So I've gotten to meet him a few times and being up for the uh, award that they do in uh, honor of Mr. Schrader in the magazine a couple times there. Um, And uh, I contact Carl Fredrickson and tell him kind of what I was looking to do. And um, he was on board. He's he's still on board. He's going to help me the whole way. And he he put me in touch with Mr. Schrader, and we were able to – agree on um agree on a situation that would be good for both of us and um i'm gonna be on the track with uh, really good equipment and he's gonna do everything he can to support me and um along with his uh longtime crew chief and uh, legendary crew chief donnie richardson who's gonna prepare the car and um, he's gonna do everything he can to support me you know they're both busy guys obviously but um they're gonna do everything they can to try to help me out and make sure uh, i'm going there with what i need and um that's kind of where it's at right now. You've got a long list uh, of supporters that have been with you for a long time, and I'm sure uh, they're going to be on the path with you, right? I mean, I think that's a fair assessment. Uh, but this is going to be a learning curve, I would think, for you to get to this style of race car where this is going to be different than those open wheel, no fender modifieds, those midgets indoors. I mean, this is a whole new venture uh, for Andy Jankowiak to tackle in 2021. Oh, Absolutely. Absolutely, 100%. You know, obviously, you know, we're there's, there's going to be a steep learning curve. And, um, you know, we, we I do have uh, a couple guys that work with me that uh, do have some history with, uh, you know, the, the NASCAR type, you know, fender stuff and all that. So um, we got our friend uh, Sparky Grape, and um, I got friends back home that uh, do have some history with it. That, um, you know, my uh, mentor, Trey Hoddick, I'm certainly going to uh, see if you might want to get involved if we can extend this into something bigger than it already is but um you know for the moment this uh this doesn't go much further without having some financial backing so right. um th- that's going to kind of end up being the first step because what we can come up with as far as names on the car is really going to be it's really going to dictate what's what's possible well andy what about for you i mean you, you've talked about the crew you've talked about yourself how exciting uh this is going to be but how much effort is going to go in to making this successful i mean you talked about andy size he did something similar a uh, former modified champion jumping to arca running a partial schedule there look where he's ended up uh working with our motorsports uh and that team and running the nascar xfinity series operation that they're working on uh for the 2020 season they'll be back in action once racing gets back under way here hopefully uh in the near little bit but where is this in andy jankowiak's career i asked you that question earlier talking about the indoor championship i asked you about the nascar wheel and modified tour this to me though would seem like that one opportunity that kind of rises cream of the crop here for you it's amazing it it really is amazing and i i can't believe it's it's honestly i can't believe it's happening really but you know, now that we have, it's so hard just to find a way. And now that we have a way, you know, it's going to be about putting the work in. And I just, well, I'm so excited to put the work in and just 
try to make this into something bigger than it already is. So I'm, I'm excited to just have the opportunity to be able to work at something that's really going to help me get to that next level. So, um, you know, it's a dream come true. It really is. Uh, Honest to God, it's just, uh, it's something I didn't really see coming right away, but it's something that's never left my mind. And, you know, I I really think we can do something really good with it. You know, we got to find some sponsorship money, obviously, but um, I think we can do it on a, a budget that isn't as, as crazy as everyone kind of thinks, uh, you know, recent this level is, you know, there's, uh, yeah, it's, it's obtainable. I, I really yeah. believe it's obtainable with some hard work and we're, we're going to give it everything we can, honest to God. And, um, you know, for me that, that, that's exciting because it's possible and yeah. just having it be possible and having a goal and being able to work at something that's just, you know, the dream is just something that's just, it's going to be an experience of a lifetime for me. Andy, we want to thank you uh, for taking some time with us uh, here for this edition of Mainly Modifieds. Wishing you good luck in 2020 once the race season finally gets underway. Uh, and also wishing you good luck uh, on this venture that's coming to you for 2021. So this has been Andy Jankowiak. Uh, if you missed any of it, you can just simply roll the screen back uh, and catch back up to the beginning of the interview with Andy. Uh, great to talk with Andy uh, and looking forward to uh, catching you up on some schedule updates here, Tom, in the remainder of the show. Welcome back to Mainly Modifieds as we continue with this week's episode. And of course, uh, you just heard Kyle and Andy Jankowiak talking about all kinds of things, really, but but the big news out of that is what we mentioned in the open that Andy is, um, in a in that sense, uh, kind of teaming up with Ken Schrader uh, in an ARCA series effort this year. And Kyle, I got to tell you, when I heard that this was going to happen, first of all, my two thoughts were, as I mentioned in the open of the show, that Andy being one of the um, most interesting personalities in our part of the motorsports world, and then Schrader being one of the most interesting personalities in all of the motorsports world, just from the standpoint of those two people coming together, I thought was interesting, let alone um, the potential for success here, uh, as Andy learns from Ken about uh, you know how to deal with the ARCA world. Um, just a cool opportunity for a driver that I think really deserves it. Yeah, uh, and you heard in that interview with Andy, basically, you know, saying that the car is going to stay down um, in the area that uh, the car is originally set down south. Yep. Uh, Crew chief Donnie Richardson is going to kind of maintain slash set it up uh, for the races that Andy's going to run. So they're going to maintain some sort of partnership uh, with this deal. It's not just simply Andy acquiring the car and grabbing it and handling everything by himself. There's going to be a partnership there at a small level where they're going to set the car up for him and kind of maintain it. And then he's kind of just going to pick the car up basically um, and go racing at the racetrack. And I think the, the biggest point about this for me brings me back to two other guys that have kind of done something similar and gotten themselves up the ladder. First, Andy Sice, who you heard right. Andy mention, yep. started in modifies, winning championships, winning races, moved to ARCA on a part-time basis. Now look where he is in the Xfinity series, he's going to be driving some races this year. Uh, and, and operating the team with Chris Hauer. And on the flip side, in a different way, but also in the same kind of style, you can look at Ryan Priest, who has started in the Modifieds, won championships and races in the Modifieds, moved up not to ARCA, but to the Xfinity Series, had some success there, and look where he ended up in the Cup Series. So this continues to give me faith that these Modified guys have a lot of talent. We know that Andy J has got plenty of talent. You've seen that, I've seen that, and this to me, is just a fantastic opportunity for him. And really, Tom, for guys like us that support the modified community, this is a big deal for those guys as well. Well, it really is. And again, it's good to see these guys like Andy and Andy, uh, you know, that have in Ryan Priest as well, that have been able to sort of crack the egg, if you will, uh, and, and, and get down south and compete. And, you know, we, we think of ARCA largely as a development series because, we do see so much of that going on within, um, you know, within the teams. 
Um, you know, if you look at some of the drivers uh, that, that are running ARCA at this point, um, it is basically, uh, in large part, a development-focused series. But it's also a series for a driver like Andy Jankowiak or Andy Sice, who's trying to get to NASCAR. No, they're not necessarily the guys that are going to get picked up by Hendrick Motorsports or Joe Gibbs Racing or whoever, but... These are still guys who need to learn about bigger tracks and bigger cars and and all of that. It's um it's a great series for guys like that. And if you think back to the history of ARCA, you know, it used to be a great series for guys like Frank Kimmel, who never left it. You know, Frank uh Frank just was you know, those guys like Frank Kimmel um and Gerhardt they were guys who just loved racing the ARCA series. Sure, they probably would have went, you know, NASCAR went higher if they could have. But, you know, I think uh, guys like Andy J and, and Andy Sice and, and some of the drivers like that make ARCA, you know, kind of re- more like the series it used to be. But um, it's just tough now. It's tough for those guys to compete with the Venturini Motorsports operations that have, you know, all of the pull downs and all of the things, all of the resources and tools that a cup team would have. So for Andy J, this is an opportunity to uh, to get down south. And, and I think Ken Schrader uh, certainly, I mean, he's won a championship in the ARCA series. He knows uh, what what it takes. And, and uh, you know, I think Andy, this will be a good opportunity for him to, kind of get his feet wet in the uh the heavier cars and i don't i don't see any problem with him adjusting i mean he's you did a great job of emphasizing in the interview how many different types of cars he's raced and he runs them all very very well when the equipment's there he's there and he's up front yeah and that's going to be the the goal for him uh first of all and you heard it in the interview, but let me detail the process a little bit more this is not just as simple as grab the car and go to the racetrack no. and enter the race uh, he's got to go through a little bit of a, I guess I'll call it a vetting process uh, as part of that open test that we see yearly down at Daytona in January. And we've seen guys from up in New England go down there and run as part of that test. Just basically, I, I want to say it this way, but just for the heck of it. I mean, we've seen guys like Brian Arducci, two-time NASCAR Division Three national champion and Thompson SK White modified right. champion last year. He went down there and ran uh, in the ARCA Series test. I mean, this is a good opportunity for any driver to go down there and earn that vetting process to get in to the Arkham Menard series, and Andy's going to be no different. He's got to go down there. He's going to have to prove to NASCAR that he's not going to wad the car up and wad everybody else up in the process, uh, which I don't, obviously, is not going to happen with him. Uh, but that you're right. That partnership, in a sense, that he's created with Ken Schrader that's going to allow them to kind of maintain and set up the car is going to give him something that he's going to know is going to be good equipment, number one, and number two, uh, is going to have a good setup under the hood. And we know we both know that the setup, nowadays is really uh the key you can be the best driver in the world with a, a setup that's not good and you're probably not going anywhere uh on that level so happy to see that for him uh and happy to see that there still remains and i i knew this myself there still remains some faith in that modified community uh, about some of these drivers that would hope to make that step to the next level uh and there's a list of them there like brian narducci that are upcoming we talked to teddy hodgson on this program a couple of weeks ago He's another one that I could see eventually making that jump up the ladder. Uh, and it's just one of those deals, man. It's good for New England racing. It's good for Andy Jankowiak. And always a pleasure to catch up with him. He uh, actually told me in part of that interview off the air, he's an essential worker right now. So he's still working. Uh, good. Bra- uh, braving out the COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, we thank him and every essential worker who's out there doing it. But he, uh, you heard him say about 2020, I mean, it's just so unclear about what's going to happen. And right now he's focused on that ARCA deal because he doesn't know when we're going to be back on the track in 2020. Well, and it, you know, you can, um, you could start to kind of look ahead a little bit and you can see where some of this is going. I mean, I think, um, you know, if we can kind of transition um, into some conversation about that, uh, and some of the updates that we do have before we get into the uh, the sim racing. Um, I think that when you look at what's going on, for example, uh, North Carolina, our governor down here, uh, extended the current stay-at-home order an extra week, and then uh, so, instead of going directly to phase one as the 
the president's guidelines would, you know, would suggest he's doing a bit of a pre-phase. So, um, long story short here, not a whole lot changes in North Carolina until probably the end of May or early June, and then we go to phase one. So we're really probably here as as far as short tracks go. We're probably looking at July, I would dare say, July at the earliest um, before we can get fans in the grandstands. And again, that's at the earliest, if even then. And the uh, you know the 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 positivity out of that was that he he made nascar essential so the teams now i think tomorrow uh tuesday uh, of the week as we're recording this on monday tomorrow on tuesday uh the 28th i think is the day that teams can actually get back in their shop and start working nascar trying to get <clears throat> excuse me at least the cup series up and running by mid may um whether or not that can happen who knows and the first few races would be without fans but of course the short tracks really i mean most of them anyway almost all of them uh almost none of them could race without fans in the grandstand um i wouldn't think so we know that at least at the national level there might be a glimmer of hope i've heard talk that cuomo's talking about maybe the upstate area of new york slowly starting to open as early as as mid-may um but you're still looking at you know at least june if not july before a lot of the short tracks could probably go racing unless you can find a way to do it without fans so um you know andy's kind of wonder and and worry about what uh what this season becomes uh I think is legitimate because I don't know how much racing we're going to see at short tracks, at least very, uh, very early in this uh, summertime. I mean, what are you hearing? What's the latest from up there, Kyle? Yeah, just about the same thing up here. Uh, I can't give you any information that's inside because I don't have any inside information at this point. Um, Um, Everything's kind of on hold, man. I mean, it's, it's really, First of all, going to come down to what the governors decide to do. And second of all, going to come down to what the track capability is going to be. First of all, not just to run without fans. That's a major factor, obviously. Some of the tracks up here, you know, might be able to manage that. I can envision Stafford and Seacock managing running at least a couple events without fans. Uh, But what does that mean for racing? Number one, when there's no fans in the stands, that means you've got to limit to a certain amount of people in the pit area. Otherwise, a, a regular fan can come in and buy a pit pass, and that defeats the purpose of having no fans. Um, number two, can the track with same uh, a value of, of income that's going to, excuse me, going to be worth doing that? Uh, right. And I'm not, I'm not sure the answer of that. Uh, I don't. Most of these tracks, I don't think that the pit gate income is going to make them enough money to pay the purse and still pocket some money. Uh, and there's probably going to be no reasonable business in the world that's going to be willing to run an event and lose money um, just because it's, you know, trying to get off the right. ground running. They're exactly. going to want to make at least something. Uh, and don't forget, I think people sometimes forget uh, what it costs to run a short track event. Uh, some people, you know, act like short tracks are rich. Uh, I'm here to tell you that that is not the case. No, um, They are not rich. Uh, and these tracks are going to have trouble getting off the ground running. Uh, and it's not just here in New England. You're seeing some tracks down in South Carolina. Uh, there was a track in South Dakota over the weekend that ran a race uh, with no fans in the stands. They got national attention, and I say that because I was flipping through the channels of the TV this weekend, and all of a sudden I see on CNN that the track promoter is on CNN, uh, and the guy interviewing was kind of grilling him about how this probably wasn't the safest route to take with 700 people in the pit area. Uh, so... Publicity is going to be a factor. Some of these tracks are running practice sessions. I do think that practice sessions are going to be possible um, here in the next month or so, basically. Some of these tracks are going to open for practice, whether that be private track rentals or testing tunes with 10 cars, whatever the case, not sure. Um, But there's going to be some type of racing on the track, probably one or two cars at a time and a couple crews at a time uh, to get these businesses off the ground. But it's gonna. It's a. It's a little bit of a scary future, uh, to be honest with you. you. You're talking to somebody that promotes two tracks up here in New England, somebody that makes a living like you do, Tom, off yep. racing. 
Um, and if it doesn't happen, sure, it's going to affect the drivers. It's going to affect everybody. It's also going to affect guys like us that um, make a living off racing. So it's going to be interesting to play out. Andy uh, saying it best, and I think everybody kind of conveying the same message at this point, the number one concern is safety. Uh, and if nobody's going to be safe at the racetrack, then I don't think any of us want to take that risk. Well, yeah, it's 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 kind of a, a damned if you do and damned if you don't scenario, and and it's it's really um, you promote tracks. I've had experience in the past with that as well, and I mean, you know, let's just look. Let's take some really easy numbers to multiply, and just for for those who are listening to this show who've never promoted a track and don't understand the costs let's just let's just run a scenario here so your local track let's say that you average a thousand people in the grandstand okay uh, per week a thousand people real easy to, to multiply that times a 15 dollar ticket let's just say it's 15 bucks there's 15 grand that the track just lost if they open and run a race with no fans in the grandstand now if each of those thousand people spend five dollars on concession, there's another five thousand. Again, I'm just easy numbers to multiply. So you're twenty thousand dollars down before you ever uh, start racing or put a car on the racetrack. Well, you know, if you've got six hundred people, and again, I'm using easy, you know, easy numbers here. Six hundred people in your pit area that you're going to bring in for you know, for that night's racing and, you know, times, uh, you know, 20 bucks. Well, there's $12,000, but you're still down eight. Now, if each of those 600 people spend $5 uh, in the infield concession, well, you know, there's, um, there's another three grand. So now you've, you've made 15 grand off your back gate, but you're still down five uh, because you lost 20 at the front gate. Now you've still got to pay insurance you've got to pay whatever utilities cost you got to pay your employees you, if you got a sanction fee you got to spend that you know there's there are all kinds of you got to pay your payroll for your employees so you're starting before you pay any of your expenses you're starting with a five thousand dollar loss and and again you know each track is different and um, scenarios are different but the more fans you normally put in the stands uh you know the bigger your loss is uh so it's it's really really um hard right now to envision how a lot of these tracks open up the only thing that's been discussed but not all tracks have the availability of this is if you were to take for example the the concept of a pay-per-view and bring in, you know, somebody with a couple of video cameras and then charge whatever your ticket price is uh, as the pay-per-view price to watch the event. And you could get every single one of those fans that was going to go and sit in the grandstand. You know, you could get a thousand people to do your pay-per-view. Well, you've made, you've at least made your, you know, your 15 grand back as we used in our example and now but now you're still out 5000 for the concession so you know you're it's it's a really difficult uh situation to put together i mean yes you you know if you can get sponsors or whatever that helps to close the cost but um and that's not even talking about paying a purse by the way we haven't even factored a purse in you're you're down 5000 and you've still got to pay a purse out um so it's a tough you know, this this is just a tough situation right now for these short tracks. The only thing, Kyle, that I think about in terms of the business side of it or the long-term side of it is that I think it's a little easier for a short track, perhaps, to sort of sit tight for a year and reopen in 21 if we can bring fans in the stands because they don't have, if they're not operating the track, then the 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 expenses that they're putting out aren't quite as high as say Charlotte Motor Speedway, um, you know. So NASCAR is a much bigger business and a much bigger uh, you know engine, so to speak, and it takes a lot more to run it, which is why they need the Cup Series out there because of the TV money. Um, but boy, this is just um, again purely from a business standpoint. This is a really really 
difficult scenario right now for everybody in the sport because you know the media gets affected because the advertising goes down um obviously it's going to get harder even for teams to find sponsors right now for this year sponsors that teams have um if they're not on the track then you know you're if you lose races then you you know you're you can naturally expect you're going to lose part of that sponsorship um so everybody wants to still get the full season in into a condensed amount of potential weeks to race before you know in some climates winter sets in again so um it's a mess right now there's no there's no pretty way to say this kyle it's a mess and and uh it's it's just uh and and the other thing is is everybody keeps moving the goalposts they say well two weeks and then we're going to soft reopen well you know no we can't do it till june haven't flattened the curve enough um you know, whatever it's it. So it's just hard to really plan too far ahead because it seems like every day the circumstances change. Yeah, it is a really, uh, it's just a mess. I think that's the best way to describe it. Uh, and it's unclear, really unclear. And, you know, look at this from outside the racing perspective. It's unclear about everything. Um, it's not just racing. The restaurant industry is unclear. I mean, nobody really knows what's coming uh, in the next month. And I say that meaning that a month from now, May 27th, on that that week's episode of the podcast, I could be telling you that all these tracks are opening June first, yeah, and we're going racing. Exactly. I mean, I, it, you really this is a day to day, week to week. Hour, it's really, uh, quite frankly, hour to hour situation. It is. Um, yeah. And having people in the family that are on the front lines in the hospital, uh, it's a it's a scary situation for all of us. So hopefully, <clears throat> things get uh, into the future and look a little bit stronger. Uh, and you mentioned the schedule updates. We might as well talk about those yes. uh, while we're on this topic. The first of them coming out earlier this week, uh, that the Tri-Track Open Modified Series event scheduled for May 9th at Monadnock has been postponed. Uh, the series saying in a statement that the reason, obviously, is the pandemic, um, and they are going to continue to work with Monadnock officials to try to come up, and I emphasize try, to come up with a rescheduled date that's going to fit both the series and the track. Uh, and that's going to be a everlasting long process for them to figure out once it becomes a little bit more clear what's going to happen with racing. Uh, so that's something we've got to pay attention to, see what happens there. But that May 9th event has been postponed. Second, on the forefront of some other discussion, New Hampshire Motor Speedway's uh, track rental that was rented by the Pro All-Star Series and Act Super Late Models uh, act late models, not super late models. Yeah. That event on May 8, 9 has not been postponed. That is still right there as of this recording, ready to run on May 8th and 9th. We'll see what happens. Sources telling me that the postponement is obviously evident. It, it's probably coming, uh, but they haven't come out and released it yet. Star Speedway dropping a report uh, over the weekend as well that they've postponed their Granite State Pro Stock Series event that was scheduled for May 9th. So two out of the three events that were scheduled on that weekend have been postponed. The third, that New Hampshire Pass Act race, is probably coming in the near future. On the NASCAR Wheel Modified Tour front, as of this report, uh, recording, there have been no uh, future updates about the schedule. Of course, as it stands right now, Jennerstown on May 23rd uh, would be the opener if it's able to happen. Uh, though I can tell you that uh, yeah, through inside information, NASCAR's Wheel Modified Tour is definitely not going back racing before the Cup Series does. I can promise you that. Uh, and the Cup Series is still at limbo. So once we see a Cup schedule, then you're better off uh, getting to the opportunity where you're going to see a Modified Tour uh, redone schedule. Some of the tracks up here in New England uh, a little bit hesitant, I think, to run a Wheel Modified Tour race in May or June uh, because of the crowd situation. And... You know, some race fans may not know, Tom, but the NASCAR Wheel Modified Tour costs a lot of money it uh, does, for a yeah. racetrack to sure. bring in. Yep, absolutely. And, and that's, that's you got to factor that in. That's what I was talking about. When you have a sanction fee like that, you know, you're just adding. And again, you know, in the scenario that that we mentioned earlier, we were showing a loss before you ever got to any real hard expenses that the track had. So, uh, man, I don't know. It's um, it's definitely not uh, an easy scenario because you know you're you're trying real hard to figure it all out. And again, for the Cup Series, uh, the TV revenue is the big deal, right? And and just so everybody knows, if you haven't been following it, and I'm going to point this out, whether you're a Cup Series fan or not, doesn't matter. This is again, this is a good kind of. Uh, 
object lesson for where we're at in this whole big situation. The NASCAR is trying to get 36 races in. Now, this is what people need to understand. The schedule that you saw come out in January, at this point, you can pretty much, at least for the first you know, couple months that we might get back racing cup races, you can toss that schedule out the window. Not all the tracks are going to be raced this year. Not all the tracks are going to get two races. NASCAR has looked at this like we have to get to the number. So in other words, the magic number is 36. And so they're gonna, their goal is to run 36 cup races, however, whenever, and wherever they have to do it. So what they're looking at right now, and nothing has been made official, they would ideally like to start on Sunday, May 17th at Darlington. And that is not going to, that's not the Southern 500. It's, it's a race that might be available to them to go race. So Darlington, they would come back four days later at Charlotte and run a 400 uh, event and a 400 mile event and then come back uh, and run the 600 when the 600 is, is scheduled on Memorial Day Sunday. So there would be three races in the span of a week and then the following Wednesday after the 600, they want to go to Bristol. That's what they're looking at. Now, again, um, the whole goal is to get 36 races. The teams really don't want to travel overnight. They don't want to fly anywhere right now. They don't want to, you know, they're, they're not real excited about hotels. So these are basically one-day shows in and out. And so this is kind of where we're at. The Arca Series, they're kind of... What I'm told is it's been the same kind of a thing. We want to get all 20 of your national races in, however we have to do it. So you may see some tracks run four or five times quickly, two or three times quickly. Sonoma's probably not going to race this year because California is not going to have any kind of major event till 2021. Um, you know, we could have a different show to debate any of this rather you know it, it makes sense or not but that's where we're at so you've got to replace sonoma they're talking about maybe adding a roval race at charlotte as a replacement for that again this is all speculation but kyle this is where we're at now we're trying to so when when we look at the modified tour for example um i would guess that some sort of uh of similar mindset may come into play eventually if we need to have it that way in order just to get, you know, the the full number of races in that were on the schedule. Um, you know, it's it's just really going to be interesting to see how this unfolds. But, you know, you're you're going to see a cup schedule this year. You They have not ruled out, in fact, uh, the idea of possibly going completely off the page. Maybe we will see a race at the Nashville Fairgrounds. Okay, I'm not starting a rumor here. This is what's being floated. Now, that's not to say there's going to be. That's probably, you know, far down on their list, but they're trying to get to 36 races, the Cup Series. So it's it, it just sort of illustrates the the quandary that we find ourselves in because we we can't just go race any track we want right now if we're going to get off the ground here we've got to go where we can go we can go to south carolina we can go to tennessee as of right now at least we can go to georgia so atlanta may be in play here um homestead perhaps but that's a long drive for one day um you know it's and so again if we scale this down to the short track mindset you know a nascar wheeling tour um you know, this may be a matter of rearranging the schedule and doing some shows in a different order or maybe taking shows off the schedule and adding shows at places where they can race. So you may have more multiplicity this year than what you were thinking about. So it's just, it's crazy right now. And I would not want to be um, one of the, the, the folks trying to keep up with all this to make a schedule because all the work we put in today, some government makes a decision 
you know, a local or whatever state governor governor makes a decision tomorrow and it just throws that completely out. So um, literally the goalposts keep moving, but that's the kind of mindset that's being used right now, Kyle. Yeah, uh, it's just I'm cool with just as much as the next guy. There, there's so much involved in this uh, that's going to have to happen before a racetrack gets back to even track rentals. Uh, yeah. and, and there's a lot of speculation, uh, you know, and it's, at this point, I'll tell you, the NASCAR Wheel Modified Tour has sent out no updates. The tri-track race is postponed, and the Granite State race is postponed. And after that, at this point, uh, it's probably safer to just say, wait and see. Uh, and you might be listening to this podcast six days from now, and all those things could have been canceled yeah, by exactly. now. Um, well, that's why we keep but, saying they keep moving the goalposts on a daily basis. So, Yeah, it's just unfortunate that we're in this situation. Uh, but again, the, self, uh, the, the safety can't get the words out of my mouth, the safety uh, of all of us, not just the drivers, not just the fans, but the media, the track employees, the track you know personnel themselves, um, that's most important uh, in this situation. And we'll continue to update you as, as things come about, as different uh, you know news comes. We'll continue to update you. You can follow me on Twitter, KSUSA261. Uh, I'm constantly tweeting updates that I'm, that I'm getting uh, about different things and, and look forward to Hopefully, going back wheel modified tour racing on Memorial Day weekend. That's the hope. That's the glory at this point that everybody wants to see. Uh, but for now, I mean, we've been doing a lot of sim racing, Tom, uh, and this sim <laughs> racing thing has really taken off. Uh, and, you know, I could tell you, I said it last week, if we were a month ago and you told me that we were going to be talking about sim racing at the end of April uh, as the gist of the podcast, I probably would have laughed at you. Um, but, wow, what a situation we've seen ourselves in. And, and really, in all intensive purposes, a great uh, diversion uh, from what's going on in real life to watch some of these sim races and just enjoy what's going on. Well, and see, this is the part of the show, ladies and gentlemen, that uh, I had to strap Kyle into his chair and just uh, sort of kind of keep him cool here and keep him focused on these other topics because he's just dying to get to the sim portion of this show, and there's a reason for that. It's because... Uh, Stafford had their latest iRace this past week and Kyle I have no idea how you got through tech with that virtual traction control but congratulations on a big win and I, I really would like your autograph at this point oh I, it was a stressful race uh, let me just tell you um, and, and so back up a second so Stafford Ran a couple high races with their SK Modifieds uh, to start things off on iRacing. They changed that a little bit, and now they're going with a, a kind of a, a variety of different cars. So last week it was street stocks. This week it'll be late models. And then in two weeks it'll be uh, tour modifieds on iRacing. They're going to hold some events. So I did pick up the win, uh, and it was great promotion for my new company, Suza Media and KyleSuza.com, I will say. Uh, to be out front and doing some burnouts on the infield at Stafford Motor Speedway. But <laughs> in all intents and purposes, uh, the reality behind it, 60 cars showed up to attempt to qualify on Wednesday. Uh, five cars from Wednesday advanced to Friday, and then another 40 showed up, 40 or 50. So there was about 50 cars on Friday. So more than 90 drivers basically vying for 26 spots. Uh, and that gives a credit to Stafford for what they've been able to put together here over the last couple of weeks. There are street stocks on iRacing. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I basically kicked everybody's butt. Um, that's, uh, <laughs> way way to be humble, Suze. <laughs> that, that's the long and short about it. I went all 50 laps from the pole. I started fifth in my heat, drove to the front and won the heat, and then I started in the pole in the feature, and nobody, I was untouchable. Um, so I'm looking forward to this week, to be honest with you, because the, I, I didn't think the street stocks were my best car. I thought I'd be better in the late models. Uh, and I don't want to start any, you know, trash talking, but uh, we'll see. We'll see. I'm feeling <laughs> confident. I'm feeling confident about the late models on Wednesday. So I can, I do still have to qualify on Wednesday in the top five before I can move on to Friday. Um, but I'm feeling pretty confident. Uh, and we'll see. I mean, hopefully next week I'm a two-time winner. They haven't had a two-time winner yet in their iRacing series. It's been all first-time <laughs> iRacing winners at Stafford. And I'll tell you. If I can win a second I racing race at Stafford, I may have to just load up and uh, call it a career. <laughs> yeah, if you can back it up to say it was a fluke and then retire there, I'm done. <laughs> that seems like the best alternative oh, to me is just win again, retire, 
go off into the sunset at Stafford, uh, and probably, I mean, they may they may or may not even have to have a ceremony when racing gets back underway um, to honor the two-time winner and and retired champion because at that point, <laughs> I mean, my number may have to get retired. No, in all intents and You're purposes, <laughs> in all. You, you might it as well a put a time. target. You need a big target logo on the back of your car for this week's yeah. race because you know that after all this, somebody is going to just run up behind you and just clip you, right? You know that you're. There's, yeah. I, I mean, the pit crew is. You're going to be a soccer you know, ball. It, <laughs> it's bringing me back to Matt Kenseth, Joey Logano at Martinsville. I, I, I informed the pit crew that they may have to fix the car in the middle of the race. They're no. They're okay with it. The two pit crew guys I have already. Um, but anyway, in all in all intents and purposes, <laughs> I, another first of all, it's a great opportunity for me to get out there with some of the guys that I cover, um, and that that's just it's, it's just a fun time, uh, and it's a fun time for the race fans. It's a fun time for us driving, uh, and it's a fun time for the real life drivers who are able to get a little bit of track time, obviously in a virtual situation. And some of them tell me it's kind of keeping their mind sharp on where the turns are. Sure. Uh, You know, people know where the turns are at Stafford, but the breaking points, the throttle points, they're just running through it like it was a real race Uh, and running it just like it was. And that kind of keeps your mental brain uh, going. And I will say the situation leading all 50 laps was pretty stressful. And I'll be pretty blunt about it. That stuff's not easy. I race looks easy. You know, you think you can grab a wheel put the pedal to the floor and go out there and compete. It takes a lot of practice. I've been doing it for six or seven years. It took me a long time to become good at it. Um, and iRacing's flourishing right now because there's a lot of people buying a new subscription, uh, obviously due to what's going on in the Cup Series and stuff like that. But uh, I feel a lot more comfortable now knowing that I've won. Um, and we'll look forward to seeing what they've got coming up this week with the late models. They've got the modifieds next week. And then May 15th, which is a Friday night, they're going to have an invite-only modified race, uh, and they're going to invite 26 drivers to compete in that event uh, based on what they've seen so far in their iRacing series. And, again, I'd be remiss if I didn't get an invite. Um, <laughs> but we'll see. I'll have to get in contact with the track. Uh, and in all, in all oh seriousness, my. too, Tom, I think for the first time in my life I pocketed money racing. Um, <laughs> well, there, yeah. there, was, there was a purse up for grabs, and that's a credit to the sponsor, all faces renovation, uh, putting up one hundred fifty dollars to win, seventy five for second, twenty five for third, and in the in the life that we live, where none of the racetracks are open, and I'm currently, you know, basically unemployed, uh, I made some money. So, well, in all purposes, I'm happy. You're happy. Stafford's happy. Obviously, they're they're happy to see me win. I'm sure too. Um, and we move on to no, the no, future. No, 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 hold on. You know, we can't move on that quickly. Hang on now. All you've talked about so far from Stafford is the, is you. Can you t- at least tell us who else ran up front there? Well, that's the story. I mean, nobody <laughs> else was touchable. Now, in all seriousness, Jacob Perry uh, started up front with me. Uh, he was running second for a while. A little bit of contact from behind sent him around. I can't remember exactly who got into him, uh, but he went to the rear. And for the final few restarts, I had to hold off Andrew Moeller. Uh, and that's no easy task. Moeller's a really young rising star. Uh, and, you know, for those who are aware, there was a little bit of a debacle a couple of years ago about how old he really was. Was he really old enough to run in the SKs yeah. at Waterford? And there's, there's a whole story behind that. But he has won in the SKs at Stafford last year. So he's, he's got his crap together. Um, he's ready to go for the future. I had to hold him off there at the end. Other guys in the field, I mean, you had Teddy Hodgson in the field. The guys that weren't in the field this week that had been before, Brian Narducci, Mike Christopher Jr., so it was a little bit easier for me to kick everybody's butt. But uh, guys like Jacob Perry, guys like Teddy Hodgson, guys like Andrew Moore, and then there were a couple Seacon guys like Mason Tessier and Reagan Parent that also transferred from Wednesday night with me. Uh, so I had a little bit of a Seacon flavor in there as well. Uh, but in all seriousness, 90-something drivers showed up, 26 started. I can't, you know, 22 or so finished. Uh, it was a little bit of a, you know, a couple accidents. Um, but it, it takes a lot of effort to run these iRacing events. It's not easy uh, to get the job done for these drivers. It takes a lot of effort from a driver perspective and a lot of effort from a track perspective as well to put this event on and have it be successful. Uh, so props to Stafford. Props to the sponsors that have come up to put the money up. Uh, that is a really cool part of this. And props to the drivers for showing up because, if, you know, if there weren't drivers showing up, then it wouldn't happen. Um, and 90-something drivers between real-life drivers, crew members, 
car owners, etc. Uh, it's fun, man. It was really a fun Friday night for me. I enjoyed it a lot. And I know a lot of the other drivers did. And they're broadcasting it live on their YouTube. So you can go back to their YouTube channel and watch it uh, from all of their iRacing events. Kyle Ricky was on the microphone with Jeff McConey last Friday night. Uh, Bonso Tufa has been on the microphone the first couple of weeks. He was out last Friday. Uh, but the broadcast is really well done as well. Uh, everything all around, man. It, it's really well done by Stafford. Uh, and giving us something to do in the middle of this pandemic, especially when we don't know when we're going back racing at Stafford either. So uh, good good on Stafford for letting this happen uh, and glad that I was able to have some fun. In all okay. seriousness, I won. That's great. Uh, but the most important thing is we had a good time. Uh, and it really, it is, Tom, it's a diversion away from what's going on in real life and gives you those two hours where you're focused in on something on the computer, not exactly. when are we going to reopen. Stuff Having like that. some fun. Okay, so two more quick questions here. First of all, there's no I in the word team. So so who helped you out? Your, who was your pit crew? Who helped you get to victory lane there, Sousa? There was nobody. And I, I mean that wholeheartedly. <laughs> there was absolutely nobody on the team. And I didn't have to pit 50 lap race. <laughs> the cautions counted. There was some yellows. I didn't have to pit. I didn't need anybody. Um, and I just I did it all by myself. I was on the computer. Uh, I sat there at the chair, turned the monitor on put the foot to the floor, you know, turn the wheel a few times, use the brake and won the race. I mean, there was really no crew help involved. Um, I had a spotter, you know, he didn't really have to say that much because I was out front. Um, <laughs> but I guess you could thank Derek Luchaki for spotting. Um, he didn't really say that much except you're clear. Um, cause I, I don't like listening to somebody talk to me during the race. So, um, yeah, no crew for me. Some other people needed a crew cause I, I drove by a couple of cars during the race under yellow that were flipped on their roof. Um, and they didn't get to finish the race for obvious reasons. So, okay. I mean, so we we, deal. <laughs> we we know you did it all yourself. So here's the last question: Did you do a backflip? I did not. I did not. Um, and actually, so Stafford. Boring. Somebody had told me this, and I went back and checked it. Stafford does fine drivers um, in their rule book if they do burnouts in the grass uh, and dig up the grass. Well, I did burnouts in the grass. I did dig up the grass, um, and I have not seen a. <laughs> I've not gotten a bill in the mail yet. We'll see if I get it. I don't know that they know my address. You're going to get a virtual bill. Um, it might be, you know, I might have to pay for my pit pass instead of get a media credential the first couple of weeks um, <laughs> when we do go back racing. But in all honesty, um, it is really cool, man. They've got the Stafford on there virtually. Uh, it's a fun time. And I do suggest, even though it's difficult and it takes time, I do suggest if you're bored and you think iRacing might be something you want to do, I, go invest in it, man. Buy a a wheel and pedals. They're sure. 300 bucks. Yeah. It's a little bit of an investment, uh, but it's well worth it. I've had my set of wheel and pedals. I just got a brand new one, but I had it for six or seven years before it broke down. Um, and I probably could have used it more if I took it apart. I'm just not good with my hands. So I bought another one, hooked it up, uh, and for two, $300 to get it. And I think the subscriptions right now are about 55 bucks for the year, which is really not bad at all. Um, you can have a good time with us. You can try to qualify for these races. Uh, and you can race with some people from all across the country. I've been in races with people from California. I've even been in races with people from Iberia, uh, you know, the United Kingdom. Uh, it, it's a really a it worldwide phenomenon. Yeah. Uh, and looking forward to seeing what the future is going to hold because I've been doing a lot of it here lately. Absolutely. You and a lot of other people. Okay. So now that we've covered all of that, we'll, uh, we'll move on to Seacock because they had an eye race as well. And Kyle didn't race. So somebody else won. Well, here's the deal. That race was also postponed, not because of the COVID-19 pandemic. Virtual uh, rain? Virtually. But it was postponed uh, due to a little bit of a confliction with the broadcast partner. Uh oh um, So that race is going to occur on May the 7th. Um, <laughs> that'll be coming up. So I, I've been telling you about postponements in the real world, and now I tell you about a postponement in the virtual world. But that postponement, not because of the pandemic, uh, in, in all serious reality, the social distancing was not going on in Stafford's grandstands on their Friday night. They were stacked up shoulder to shoulder watching the race in the grandstands on iRacing. Um, and I told them to social distance. They didn't want to do it. Um, <laughs> and rebels. that's maybe, 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 maybe that was a playing role in Seacon postponing. I don't know. No, in all seriousness, a broadcast issue, uh, not, you know, nothing to do with COVID, but that race is going to take place on May the 7th. Seacon is doing something a little bit cool this coming Thursday night. April the 30th, they're going to have the Old Timers Classic. 
uh, on iRacing. Nobody under the age of 30 can compete. So 30 and older. Nice. Uh, and it, it's going to bring back a history of drivers that have run at Seacock for many, many years. And as you know, Tom, a lot of these drivers that are up and coming had a dad that raced years ago. Um, and this is an opportunity that I kind of helped put together to get some of the dads and the moms behind the wheel. Uh, I really just have a good time because, again, that's just what this is all about, man. It's about having fun, thinking of something different, having a few laughs, and then, you know, for the first time in my life, I went to the racetrack and, and drank an alcoholic beverage at the same time. So it, it was a good opportunity for everybody. <laughs> well, it's, uh, that's all good, man. And, uh, again, it's it's fun to kind of end the show on a light note. And congratulations on your win. And uh, try not to let the head swell up too badly uh, between now and the next one. Um, but uh, what else did we miss here? I think we about covered everything we wanted to here. Is there anything that we missed that we should have covered before we close this thing? out uh nothing else really going on uh up here in the new england community a lot of postponements we know that uh and we'll see what happens here in the next couple of weeks just want to share everybody stay safe uh be healthy here uh and i've talked to some promoters who are hoping they can go back racing by mid-june early july that's uh kind of the hope right now up here in new england everybody kind of just on hold and it's crazy that we're already going to be into may at the end of the week that is absolutely insane it is uh yeah and we will see what happens here over the next couple of weeks? Looking forward to our next episode. See who our guest is for next week. Thanks to Andy J uh, for catching up for a bit uh, this past weekend. Always great to talk to him and looking forward to seeing what's on the horizon uh, here in the next week or so. Well, and uh, of course, uh, what is your new website, Kyle? Yeah, kylesouza.com. Uh, and Sousa Media is the new company. Uh, steer away from the website for another week or so. We're under construction, uh, trying to make <laughs> some adjustments to kind of improve that a little bit you can check it out it is up and active uh it's just you know it's not going to be 100 percent uh in working condition at this point we've got some pages that are under construction etc uh but pay attention to that here over the next couple weeks and know that uh we're going to be branching out we're not just going to be servicing racetracks we'll be servicing some drivers in 2020 uh and some different stuff so looking forward to seeing that happen great to launch that company uh and actually headed this week to pick up some brand new apparel uh, so I can start wearing it in the iRacing races uh, and get my company some more publicity by winning. So that's the plan <laughs> uh, over the next couple of weeks. And maybe maybe some of you listening will be able to come on there and race with me here in the near future. Well, uh, that's it's good that uh, you talked about your new site being under construction because the new RaceChaserOnline.com site just went up yesterday, and we, too, are still tweaking some of the pages, and we've got a few that we haven't even uh, turned on yet. Uh, we're working on some apparel as well and uh, some other things that are going to be really cool wrinkles that we're looking at introducing uh, over the next several weeks. Uh, but, um, but the new uh, site is up, and uh, you will be able to access all of our Race Chaser media shows right from that website uh, there's a player in there that uh, will be playing the shows on a rotational basis throughout each week uh, and uh, you'll be able to uh, on demand all the shows from there as well if you like then um, of course if you have a preferred platform uh, that you get your podcast from you can just search race chaser radio as always <clears throat> excuse me and the shows will continue to be up there as well so um, lots of uh, things going on for both of us and we're excited about it uh, we we uh we're glad that you're excited about the show we're seeing it in the numbers each week going up and up and uh you know we just uh we're excited to, to we can't wait to bring you some real races uh modifieds or otherwise here so we're gonna have uh some fun hopefully before the season is out at some point so again thanks to all of you for listening and we uh we hope that all of you stay safe and sound and uh, Kyle and I will be back next week with another episode of Mainly Modifieds. Until then, for Kyle Souza, and thanks again to Andy J for his gracious time for the interview. I'm Tom Baker. Have a great week and weekend. So long. You've been listening to Mainly Modifieds, the show where ground pounders and northeast speed freaks come to get their radio fix on. The show is available on demand by searching Race Chaser Radio on Apple Music, Spotify, Google Music, and most other major podcast platforms. Visit RaceChaserMedia.com for more unique motorsports stories and radio content. And follow Race Chaser Media on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.